Good morning, church. Merry Christmas to you again. I hope you have had a enjoyable Christmas. I know we did together over our four Christmas Eve services. If you were here, uh, we hope that you were blessed by that. I got to be honest, though, this morning, I didn't know how to get dressed. Anybody else feel that? It's like, I didn't know if I was supposed to wear shorts and a polo today or a sweater. I wasn't sure. So if you're hot, feel free to fan yourself, you know, do what you got to do. I know it's a weird, it's a weird season right now. Hey, if you are back with us, if you attended one of our Christmas Eve services and you are rejoining us either in person or online, we are so glad that you're with us. In fact, we anticipate a larger online audience today. So if you're online, would you hit the share button right now? When you click the share button, you share that out with everybody on your friends list. And so how about invite everyone you know to church right now? So click the share button. That would be awesome. If you are back with us, uh, we are preparing for something really special in January. We want to let you know about it right now so you can begin, begin preparing to be with us starting January 9th. So you can prepare to invite families and friends to join you at church January 9th. We are launching a new teaching series called At the Movies. Check out this trailer with me. And action! tickets in the lobby for you to pick up so that you can give out to your friends and your family to invite them back to that series. Begins January 9th. We're looking at where faith and film collide, and it's a great invitational series. So invite those in your life that you know need to hear the truth, and let's present it to them in a really unique way. Sound good? Let's do that. So that's, yeah, hey, okay, you can applaud. Go ahead. Yeah, January 9th. There you go. Hey, uh, that's coming up, but this morning, I want to talk about conjunctions. I want to talk about conjunctions, and here's a conjunction. Let's start off with a definition. A conjunction is a part of speech that connects two words, sentences, phrases, or clauses, and here are the most common conjunctions you'll find, for, and, nor, but, or, yet, and so. Now, I, I previewed this message yesterday with my son, and when I got to this word, there was a lot of chuckles, okay? You might be a more mature audience this morning, I don't know, but I'm gonna use the word but a lot this morning and it's okay if you laugh. A conjunction is something we use to combine two sentences, two thoughts together, right? And some of you are maybe a little worried now. You're like, I thought I came to church, not English class. 
what is going on? Some of you are nervous. You're like, I ain't very good at English and I don't want to talk about conjunctions and, and that's okay. Let me give you some examples of how this works in my house. Here's how conjunctions work in my home. You know, in the mornings when, when kids are getting dressed, it's like, young man, I love you, but if you don't get dressed in the next five minutes, so help me, I don't know what's going to happen. Right Or my daughter, she's sick. She's sweet as can be, right? Honey, you are so sweet. But if you don't get in bed and stay there right now, I don't know what's going to happen. My wife likes to tell me what we have to do the next day. But it's really important when she tells me what we have to do the next day. So when she's like, honey, I told you that you needed to stop by the store and get this or that. I'll say, but, but honey, you told me five minutes before I fell asleep. There is zero chance I'm going to remember that when I wake up in the morning, right? Conjunctions pair two ideas that are seemingly in tension with one another. And the Bible is full of stories that, that bring tension, that connect two ideas that maybe don't seem like they go together. And this morning, I want to focus on one of those. And it, it happens in Matthew chapter 19. And Jesus was all about creating tension and contrast in his teaching. And so in Matthew chapter 19, there's a story that Matthew records. And it's about this rich young man. And so the story goes that there was a rich young man who happened to be watching Jesus preach one day. Jesus was interacting with some children. Jesus loved little kids. I think they were a good audience to teach to. They would receive well. And so he's teaching to them. And this this young rich man is kind of watching from a distance. And from what we can tell, he seems to really like what Jesus is teaching about. He seems to really like what Jesus is up to. And so when Jesus is done teaching these children, the young man comes up to Jesus. And, And Jesus looks at him and... From what we know, this is a pretty decent young man. We don't think he came upon his wealth um, incorrectly. He was probably a lot like you and I. Decent people who worked hard, who came about some money in the process. And so Jesus looks at this young man and he begins a conversation with him. And the, the guy asks, hey, what do I need to do in order to be saved. And Jesus responds and, and the guy's like, okay, yeah, what, what commandments do I need to keep? And Jesus tells him, hey, you need to do this, this, and this. And the guy's like, this is awesome. I've done all those things. We're in good shape, Jesus. Right? But, but Jesus has this unique ability to see into someone's heart, maybe to read their mind a little bit. And so he tells the young man, well, here's one thing you need to do. Go home, sell everything, and then come follow me. And have you ever put yourself in the shoes of that rich young man? Like, how much would that sting? You've been watching Jesus all day. He seems pleasant. He seems kind. You know all the people that surround him. There's some interesting individuals who he called to be a part of his inner circle. You're probably watching thinking, hey, I've got a pretty good shot. I remember that fisherman guy from, you know, a few years back. He's a little messed up. I bet if he got in, I'm getting in. And so he goes up to Jesus, probably anticipating, hey, hey. Come on in, join me. And what Jesus tells him is, go away. I don't think that is the answer the young man anticipated, nor the disciples who were standing there listening. Right? Jesus turns to his disciples at the end of this little scene and says the following in Matthew 19, 23. Jesus tells his disciples, truly I tell you, 
It is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. If that doesn't set up some tension, I don't know what does. The disciples are watching Jesus. They know his heart. They know his kindness and his compassion. And yet he tells them, hey, it'd be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to get in to heaven. Here's how I think the disciples heard what Jesus said. Say what? Huh? Jesus, this makes no sense. We don't even know, we don't even know what you're talking about. A camel and a needle? Why? You're talking to a guy. Why all of a sudden are you talking about camels and needles? Here's how I know this is what they thought. Here's what Matthew says. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished. I think that means, huh? Like, Jesus, we've been following you. We're pretty used to some, like, interesting stories that you tend to tell. But this one, this one's a little weird, right? They, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus, this is a really hard teaching. What they are hearing him say is if you're rich, it's really hard to get into heaven. And yet they're really missing the entire point of the story. A lot of times we take this story and we make it a parable about wealth. We make it a parable about our wealth and how that interacts with our ability to get into heaven. But this is not a parable. This is a story that Matthew is recording. This is a historical account of a conversation Jesus had with this young man. And so this story is not as much a parable about wealth as it is about the power of God. The disciples are listening to Jesus and they're like, we're, we're a little scared because here's what they're seeing. In their day, a rich person was considered noble and considered blessed because poverty was so rampant. If you happen to be wealthy, you must have done something good. Wealth equated to a status in life. And so they're hearing, Jesus, you're basically saying, if that guy can't get into heaven, ain't none of us got a shot. None of us are getting into heaven if that decent guy can't get in. And so they're probably terrified. They're like, we, we've given up everything to follow you. We've left our families. We've left our careers. We're following you. And now we're a little concerned that we're not even going to get into heaven. And they're worried. They're probably thinking it's going to be a really small crowd in heaven if guys like that can't get in. And then here's where Jesus really sets up the tension. And then Jesus looked at them, the disciples, and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And there's the conjunction I want us to hang on this morning. But with God. But with God. This is not a parable about wealth. This is a story about God's amazing power and what he can do. God looks at what we think is impossible and makes it possible. Of course a camel can't fit through the eye of a needle. But I think maybe they forgot that Jesus, God owns the camel and the needle. And he can probably do what he chooses to do with that. And so they're a little confused and they're not sure what to think. And I can't help but 
put myself in Jesus' shoes as he's interacting with the disciples. He's probably thinking, y'all are the biggest camels I've worked with. Right? I mean, Peter, you are a broke fisherman. But with me, your faith is going to be the rock upon which I build the church. Because Peter, James, and John, and Matthew, since he's writing the story, were probably the ones closest to Jesus when he was saying these things. Right? James and John, they were just fishing with their daddy. That was going to be their whole career. They were going to become fishermen, take over their dad's business, right? But with God, they were going to share the good news of Jesus Christ with thousands of people. And John was going to be given a revelation of what the end of times would look like. I can make a camel go through the eye of a needle if I can use you guys. Right, Matthew. Think about how Matthew felt hearing this story. Matthew was a former tax collector. And Jesus is saying, rich people ain't getting in. Matthew's like, oh boy, I'm in trouble because I used to like steal basically, you know, from poor people illegally through the government, as ironic as that is. And so Matthew was a despised tax collector, but with Jesus, his integrity would be restored. And I would be sharing a story with you from the words of a former tax collector today. Right? See, God takes what seems impossible and makes it possible. That's the point of this story. It's not a parable about wealth. It's a story about what God can do and what only he can do. And so I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know what situations you might be dealing with in life. But I want to throw a statement at you. And I want you to think about how you would complete this statement. But with God is the middle. What's a current situation you're dealing with? What's something going on in life that, that's just reality for you? And then what's something only God can do? Think on that for a minute. What's a current situation you're dealing with? But with God, something amazing can happen. Let me give you some examples. You know, right now it seems impossible for me to have a conversation with someone without offending them or talking in like a hushed tone so we don't offend them because we don't know where they lie on the vaccine debate and all this stuff. And so you kind of have to talk in a hushed tone. It seems impossible to have a conversation today without offending someone. But with God, we can still speak truth and love and grace. Right, right now, it seems impossible for me to find cheap gas. But with God, I think he'll get me an extra mile to the gallon before I have to coast in to the nearest gas station. Maybe this is your current reality. It seems impossible to get your kids' little Barbie doll presents out of this contraption that they've built to keep them in the box forever, right? Maybe you've wrestled with that as a parent, but with the hand of God, you will get the presents opened and avoid a trip to the ER slicing your thumb, right? There are things that seem impossible, and those are silly examples. What about one more serious Maybe for you, your marriage seems impossible to fix. And divorce is inevitable. Whether it's now or 10 years later when you let the kids grow up, you kind of know that this thing is going to derail. It seems impossible to fix. But with God, your marriage can be restored. And you can find love and joy and hope again. Maybe for you, the addiction you're wrestling with seems impossible 
to overcome. You've tried and tried. You've, you've gone to detox. You've tried rehab and you just don't think there's any chance. It seems impossible that your addiction will ever end. But with God, he can heal you. He can restore you. See, what man thinks is impossible, God makes possible. Maybe for you, you wrestle with anxiety. And maybe anxiety is like waves that keep knocking you down right now because the world is a little bit out of control. And so when things are out of control, our anxiety tends to mount. And maybe for you, it just keeps knocking you down. But with God, you can keep putting one step in front of the other. And you can get up tomorrow and no matter what crazy thoughts run through your mind, you can put one step in front of the other and make it through the day. Maybe for you, the doctor gave you really bad odds at recovery. Maybe for you, it seems impossible that you would recover from whatever diagnosis you're dealing with. But with God, your diagnosis doesn't have to be a death sentence. It could be an opportunity to shine a really bright light into the lives of other people. You know, it feels impossible right now to raise a child to love Jesus in our current culture. Would you agree? But with God and the local church, I think children can be trained in the way they ought to go. Some of you, maybe you're facing unemployment. It seems impossible that you might find another job that's going to provide the same level of income as what you've been used to. But with God, he will find a way to help you live within your means. I don't know if you're feeling any tension yet, but I think that's what Jesus was doing in this story. He's setting up tension for his followers. You all think this is reality. This is what is possible. With man, all things, things seem impossible. With God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that all things are possible with God? You see, when we see something that seems impossible, God sees an opportunity to display his power. But I don't want to be naive and, and, and make a promise that I can't keep. Right? I, you all know life is tough and there are situations that don't get resolved. I can't promise you that God will heal your cancer. I can't promise you that God will save your marriage. I can't promise anything. What God chooses to do and what God chooses not to do is completely up to him. He has all power, but I feel pretty confident in saying this. It won't happen without him. Or in better English, it ain't gonna happen without him. I feel pretty confident in saying that. I can't promise you that what God will do, but I feel pretty confident in saying the thing that seems impossible is not gonna be overcome without him. Because he makes all things possible. I really like how the message translation tells us what Jesus said about the camel and the needle. Look at how the message translates it. Jesus looked hard at them and said, no chance at all if you think you can pull it off by yourself. Every chance in the world if you trust God 
to do it. Impossible situations are not solved without the mighty hand of God. And this doesn't mean that we just stand back and wait for a miracle. It doesn't mean that we stand back and do nothing, right? If your marriage is struggling, I think you ought to get into counseling like tomorrow and not delay it. Don't wait 10 years till the kids are raised and say, well, we just didn't know each other. Get into counseling now. If you have an addiction that is just wrecking your life, go to rehab now. Do what you need to do in order to set yourself up for success. And those things in themselves will not heal you, but I think they can go a long way. We can do what we can do, and God does what only he can do. Invite God into the situations of your life. You do what you can, and let him have control of the rest. And some of you may have a really hard time believing what I'm saying this morning, especially if this whole church thing is new to you. Maybe you were invited by someone. Maybe you clicked on the link that was shared and you're listening. And you're like, I don't believe anything this guy is saying because I've been through a situation that wasn't resolved. But that doesn't take away God's power. That doesn't make him less powerful. Maybe for you, you need some sort of proof. Maybe you need some sort of example, some sort of proof that what I'm saying is true. And so let me ask you this question. What is the most impossible thing to avoid in life? What is the most impossible thing to avoid in life? And there's probably many different answers kind of rolling through your head. But I think the ultimate answer is death. Death is impossible to avoid. Do you agree? I don't know anyone that's died and come back. Well, I take that back. I maybe know one. We'll get to that in a minute. Right? Death is impossible to avoid. You can delay it and you can prolong it, but you cannot escape it. Death is the debt that all men pay. There is no escaping death. It is the most impossible thing to avoid in life. Jesus died. And that should be the end of his story. Jesus lived, Jesus taught, and Jesus died. According to man, that should be the end of the story. But you and I both know it isn't. Because with God, all things are possible. Listen to how Jesus talks about his own death a little bit before in in Mark. He says, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but three days later, he will rise from the dead. There's some tension. I bet the disciples are like, again, we have no idea what you're talking about, Jesus. You're going to die, and then you're going to come back to life. Those things don't happen. I wonder what Jesus was thinking. With you, it's impossible. But with me, all things are possible, right? Jesus rose from the dead. If Jesus can overcome the most impossible thing to ever overcome, then I think he can overcome what you're dealing with. What we think is impossible is possible with God. With man, it is impossible, but with God, it is possible. Again, if Jesus can overcome the most unavoidable thing in life, I think he can help you in your situation.
That's the proof that you need. I don't know what other proof I could give you that Jesus can do what is impossible. If he can rise from the dead, he can overcome our circumstances. And so I don't know what you're dealing with this morning. I don't know what you're wrestling through. But I do know that Jesus lived. And I do know that he died. And we do know that he rose again. And we have that same promise that one day we too will rise again in glory with him. What seems impossible is possible with God. I want to share one more conjunction with you this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. With man, things will seem impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Amen? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your truth. I don't know what people are wrestling with. I know in general there are things in this world that are just out of control right now. And sometimes in our lives, things happen that we honestly wish wouldn't. People get sick and, and families disintegrate and tragedy strikes. Sometimes we're left with this feeling of, of there's no way any of this could get better. But then we're reminded of you and that you overcame everything. You took what seemed impossible and made it possible. So God, would you help everyone in this room and myself just to lean into that truth that when we feel like things are out of control or impossible to change, that we would just cling to you a little more tightly because with you, all things truly are possible. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for coming to this, this world. You didn't, you didn't come to judge us and to condemn us, but to save us. Because on our own, it is impossible to get into heaven. On our own, we will not be good enough. But with your sacrifice, we can have eternity with you. So I pray for anyone in this room right now who isn't a follower of you, that they would just give up the resistance and give up, give up whatever is in their way of following you. And may they experience the change that is only possible in you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.